This is episode number four of the Whiskey Beans Podcast. Francisco here with my co-host, Juvencio. And we've got a very special guest here. We've got uh, Trent and Lawrence. Trent, what's, what's going on, How's man? How's it going, guys? How's it going? Nice we're to meet good. you. We're pretty good, man. I mean, nice to meet you, too. I mean, I'm glad you actually were able to make it out today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and, um, and just a quick little introduction for the people who don't know you. Um, you know, um, if... You want to say what you do and stuff like that, what you're about? Yeah. So been loan originating now for about five years. Um, been in the banking industry since I was 18. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of made the transition over, got my licensing and help people get homes. All right. Awesome. Okay. And um, you say you started when, when uh, you were 18, right? Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. how did you start that? So um, kind of make a long story short, I moved out from Alabama. Right. Um, kind of got a random opportunity. They moved me across the country with everything and um, was lucky enough to meet a, a person out here. He kind of just mm-hmm. saw my hustle, saw the drive and was like, you know, man, if you can do what you're doing, you could definitely sell a mortgage. And um, about a week later, I went up to him and was like, hey, just want to let you know I quit my job and I'm ready to start tomorrow. And so he looked oh, at dang. me like, oh, wow. Okay, this guy's about it. And uh, that's literally how I got started. He said, come in at eight uh-huh. o'clock the next day. And I rolled in and we started getting getting going with everything. So what were you doing before that? Um, I was selling car wax at gas car stations. Wax. Yeah. So um, it was a waterless wash and wax. Essentially, uh-huh. as, uh, as soon as you'd pull up to the gas tank or put gas pump, put it in your tank, I'd walk over to you. You know, I got 30 seconds where you're not moving anyways. And yeah, I would sell this car wax. It was uh, $10 bottles of car wax. And, you know, we'd go out there slinging them. You know, right. I mean, shoot, we'd go out there with a truckload sometimes and sell the whole thing out. You know, oh, so, um, yeah, luckily enough, I was just good enough to get out of my town, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, that's ultimately, they offered me a position to come out here and start training people uh-huh. on how to sell the products, how to, you know, do the whole sales pitch of everything. Um, and yeah, they, me out here paid for my wow. hotels u-hauls the whole night nice, man. and nice. uh yeah i was working out here when of course we were working outside it was 115 degree heat and uh-huh. um i moved from alabama so i thought you know coming from the southern heat oh i'm invincible to this stuff right, right. no no way <laughs> different as soon as i started working outside i'm like this ain't for me you yeah, know we're man. gonna keep this moving but it, it's, it's it's just freaking brutal out here man with this heat sometimes it's different it's different that's for sure that's for sure yeah but i mean um so you're originally from alabama that brought you out here to arizona um because of the offer that you got or it's just yeah solely solely i mean i uh i graduated high school and i pretty much decided then that i wasn't going to college i mean it just wasn't for me i didn't have any interest in wasting my money is kind right. of what it came down to, you know so um that's that's ultimately what i did just started right. working you know? all right did you have any family out here you just came out here nobody alone? nobody oh. yeah just alone my uh, my boss offered me a place to stay and i was like all right let's go Dang, <laughs> you know? and you're still alone out here or yeah yeah still okay. alone i mean i i got my girlfriend that's right. about it um family um yeah family's not out here family's still in alabama i do have some family in new mexico mm-hmm. which you know isn't too far but nonetheless i mean people yeah. can't cook you dinner when they're yeah. seven hours away so <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is bro i mean that transition which has just been like you know freaking crazy for you right because you're moving cross country with no parents, nothing. You're just out here alone, and I mean, you're still out here alone. 
You've probably been here for like a couple of years now, right? I mean, yeah. you're 18. How old are you now? 23. You're 23? 23. Wow. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it was a crazy transition. I mean, I look back on it and how fast everything transitioned and mm-hmm. happened. I mean, I look at that as some of the most free time I've ever had in my life, right. you know, because mm-hmm. it was first time out of the house, first time really making money. And it was mm-hmm. one of those, you know, you are who you want to be, you know? And, right. um, I really just kind of took that, that saying by the balls and, you right. know, ran with it, you know, if I was working, shoot at the time I was working 14 hour days, leave the house at seven o'clock, be lucky to get home at 10, 11, right. you know? And it's just one of those, um, grinding, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Respecting the grind, loving the grind, coming to appreciate it. And once you get in the motion of everything, you kind of get lost of everything else of, you know, all oh, my friends aren't here with me or all oh, mm-hmm. my family isn't here with me. It's, it's one of those, you're making your, your path and everything, you know, you're finding your way. And I mean, I look back at it all the time. I'm Heck, I went, I mean, guys guys to guys over here, I went over, what was it, a year and eight months without even kissing a female. I mean, not touching one, you know, just (laughs) didn't even think about it. I was like, I'm out here just doing my thing, you know what I mean? Just working, yeah. Exactly. So, um, really, yeah, it was just embracing the grind. And, man, sometimes I wish I could go back and be that free, you know what I mean? Again, not have the responsibilities and just go grind all day, you know? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, um, right now, since you're out by yourself, I mean, I'm sure you pretty much have a lot of responsibilities now, right? I mean, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Lucky enough, I uh, was able to buy a house last year, you know, so congratulations, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 22 years old. I mean, Heck, no one, right. no one thought I'd be doing that coming out of, coming yeah, out of high great, school. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge that's accomplishment, cool. especially for your age. I mean, now, too, you know? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, truly, I, it's one of those... It, it, I like to make it seem like it's mm-hmm. easy to get loans. It's not. It's a milestone for everybody's life, right? right. I mean, it's going to take certain sacrifices to make that happen. But my biggest drive with that was being so young in the industry. And I have the knowledge, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for five years. And it was one of those, I've since buying the house, everybody's eyes open, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it goes from, oh, you're a young dude doing loans to you're a young dude has a house doing loans, right? Right. Obviously you do it enough to where you know how to implement it with your own life. Right. Right. And that's the biggest, biggest push for me to really make everything happen was just kind of to grab that credibility. Right. Um, and then I got the place and I'm like, wow, this freedom is what it's about. You know what I mean? Forget what everybody else thinks about, you know, it's, your landlord can't tell you how to park your, your car in the driveway. You know what I mean? You don't want to cut your grass that day. You don't cut your grass that exactly. day. You know, it's it's <laughs> one of those things. It's great. Just not being told what to do. Yeah, man. You know? I, I completely hear you, man. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, it must have been a, a great feeling to be a first-time buyer too, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it, it was that, it, like I say, that milestone, you know. And I remember even the the notary leaving my house when I, when I got done with the signing. Like, wow. You know, really, that was easy enough. I'd probably do that again pretty soon. Right now, um, it's just it, truly what it is is the anxiety. You know, it's it's having other people kind of be real in your business, right? I mean, to get a loan, you're, they're looking at everything, right? right? They're looking at your bank, they're looking at your job, they're being overly critical about your credit cards, right? Everything. And so there's a lot of stress and just all the questions they're asking, right? Mm. But you know, biggest 
biggest recommendation I can give to people on that note is be upfront, be honest, and don't try to hide anything, right? right. I mean, that's, that's my job to take information that people give, mm -hmm. right? And give what the bank wants to see to them everything else just stays on your side of the right. ballpark, right? And so that's the biggest thing. Just be upfront, be honest, and we'll make we'll make something happen, right? right? I mean, there's there's really, I mean, there's really only three pieces to getting a loan. You know, it's asset, income, credit, right? right? And it's just like anything with those triangle diagrams, right? If you have two pieces of the puzzle, mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you're getting a loan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pick any two pieces. So right. that's the biggest thing, man, is just, working the steps working the steps right. and not being afraid to go out and you know get some advice from people too yeah yeah it wasn't easy like buying my first house it was it was tough yeah, yeah. it was tough yeah it wasn't an easy process so i mean it feels like I a long process to that. <laughs> like overall you know i mean yeah because i mean when you go to a car dealership and you buy a new car and everything i mean I'm, i mean you go through paperwork through paperwork just right. to get the vehicle you know right it's the same process when you're buying your first home or is it just much longer or you know like how complicated is it really so with with auto loans they're looking so they're looking at really totally separate things they're right. looking at totally separate things and don't get me wrong they they take into account your credit score and a mm -hmm. little bit of debt to income ratio not much right that's where they say hey how much is your housing how much do you spend every month? How much do you make, right? right? But as far as what they're documenting behind it, they're not asking for pay stubs. They're not asking for W-2s. They're mm -hmm. not calling your employer asking all those questions. And so that's the biggest piece that um, people aren't used to, right? Mm -hmm. Is us fully diving into their situation. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had a borrower tell me, I'm just not going to send you my bank statement, right? And it's wow. one of those like, so if, if you were going to give, $300,000 to somebody, yeah. right? And and you asked for a piece of information from them and they just flat out told you no, would you give them money? No, no. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? Yeah. Just don't make our life hard. Right. You know what I mean? So. No, yeah, I completely hear that. I mean, now that you mentioned that, what was like the most insane type of event that ever happened where like a person's like, no, nah, man, I'm just not going to you know, go with what you're asking me or like they lied and somehow and it just, you know, you found out something crazy about them and why they were lying. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, people, people lie all the time. Right. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that, <laughs> right. it's called fraud for housing, right? It's a, it's a part of it. And yeah. so people lie. The, the biggest stuff that gets people caught is, you know, where did money come from? Right. And so mm -hmm. if, if we see a $10,000 deposit go into someone's account, and we say, hey, how'd you get that, right? Well, at first it was, a, I sold a car, right? Okay, well, let's see a bill of sale. Let's see where you posted it online. Oh, I don't have any of that. Okay, mm -hmm. so you probably didn't sell a car. So what'd you do? Oh, well, actually I just had $10,000 in my mattress and I put it in there. Completely different scenario, right? If you mm -hmm. would have just been upfront with that from the very beginning, we wouldn't have problems, right? But now since you waited till the last minute and for to let me find out about it, mm -hmm. now we're gonna have big problems, right? Because right. the timeline's gone, you know? That's that's one and other piece that really does stress people out during the transaction mm -hmm. is you got a block of however many days you you know negotiate with the seller. Typically it's 30 days, but if you don't get us everything we need in those 30 days and the bank doesn't fund, you're technically out of contract. I mean, they mm -hmm. can go sell the house to somebody else. And so, you know, being um, 
being ready to send everything, being on top of the ball. Right. You know, a lot of people they'll want to, oh, let me send this tomorrow. Let, I'll get that next week. Mm-hmm. No, this isn't this isn't a homework assignment, right? That right. I'm giving you a due date on. It's kind of like as soon as possible, right? If you yeah. got time on your lunch break, let's get that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, shoot, as far as people lying to me, God, what have I seen? I don't even know what the biggest thing would be. Truly, I mean, it's all cash. It's right. typically the biggest thing people want to lie about is, you know, how they make money, which uh-huh. is what it is sort of thing, you know what I mean? But um, would you go, like, ask those questions, like, hey, man, how'd you actually make that money? Or you just, oh, definitely. Or, or, or like, you just really don't care about as long as it funds or uh you know it, it depends right in mm. certain situations i don't care right in other right. situations i do the reason i brought up like the cash thing right if you have cash it, we can use cash mm-hmm. after 60 days of it being in your bank account right and so it's one of those with you talked to me in the very beginning and you told me hey i have fifteen thousand dollars cash that's all I'm able to put into this transaction. I would have told you right then and there. I want mm-hmm. that money in the bank tonight. And that way we're already working on those 60 days. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go get under contract, you're under contract. We're in the last week to close. And now we're still trying to source and figure out this money. And now you've come clean on, oh, it's cash. Well, now we're dead in the water, right? We're going to have to push this contract 45 days. And no seller's going to do that, right. right? And so you screwed yourself. It, it wasn't me trying to mess anything up, right? Yeah. I, At the end of the day, I still want to fund everybody, right? It's just one of those, can we make it happen? Is it is it possible? Because it's not just me. I mean, there's mm-hmm. sellers, there's seller's agents, there's buyers, buyer's agents. I mean, there's, there's a lot of piece to this puzzle. So oh, yeah. it's everybody working together in a sense, too. Right. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but um. So now that you bought your first home, yeah. let me ask you a question that pretty much tends to be like a debate, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, would you rather own or rent? All day own. Own right. All day, all day. I mean, especially being how old we are, right? right? Um, you know, the first thing I I looked at in my house that I own now is what is the rental market and can I rent this thing right this second? Right. Right. That was my biggest push because at the end of the day, you know, we, we are young. We may move mm-hmm. around. Right. And so I just wanted to know I could keep that asset. Right. Right. Ultimately, you get a mortgage, right? And say you pay on it for a year, right? You're going to pay into your principal and and your home's actually increasing in value while you're paying it, Mm -hmm. right? And so you're already gaining equity while that happens. Now, let's say I move and I rent out that property for 29 more years, right? At the end of that thing, I own the property free and clear, right? No, nobody owns it but me, right? right? And at that point, not only do I have the entirety of the asset, however much my home is worth, what is that in rent, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a couple grand every month, right? Now, if I can just do that a couple times throughout my life to just, hey, it's time to upgrade, it's time to move, it's time to do whatever. When I'm 50, 55 years old, how much do I have in assets and how mm-hmm. much rent is coming in every month, right? Okay. Even, even five properties at $2,000 a piece, right? That's 10 grand a month. I mean, that's a lot more than pension's going to give me. Oh, or social yeah. Security, yeah, 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 you know what I mean? So it's, to me, it's about a retirement plan, mm-hmm. truly, right. more than anything. So, so then um, USA has it right now since you bought your first home. 
are you looking to buy another property by chance oh definitely as soon as i can right as soon as i can and how are you looking at it like are you looking at it as an investor standpoint like okay if i were to buy this what's going to be my loan to value how much is going to be my value for a dollar and how much again the rents what's the area going for am i going to make any money if i were to rent it out and let's say i were to sell it am i going to make some money you know like are you looking at it that way or are you getting emotional about it We're like oh this property's really nice i love the stove i love the kitchen it's the, the wrong way to go about it yeah, yeah, yeah. wrong way to go about oh, it yeah. absolutely yeah. no i mean truly i i simply look at where i would live right mm-hmm. because my my biggest thing is um I can slap a lease agreement on my other property and mm-hmm. move into another primary residence with 5% down, right? Where investment properties and investment transactions, they require 20% down every time, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of going back to that younger dude thing, I'd rather keep my, my, my money liquid, right? right? I mean, I want that money in the bank, say my other property has a problem with it or my car breaks down or there's a property or a problem on this new property. Mm-hmm. I want in with as little money as possible truly to get it rolling and then once i own the property i mean heck there's a thousand things i can do with it right but up into that point it's um truly just can i rent the darn thing right and and what's the appreciation of the area too I, i i strongly look at that i mean it all depends on location 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 oh yeah for sure you know what i mean so yeah and that's about the biggest thing. I mean, truly, I, I know plenty of people. I, I know a lot of people say you need to buy a rental property where you live and, and you know, make sure it's close to you. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of real estate agents for, you know, 50 bucks a month. They'll manage these properties, make sure they're collecting rent. If they don't pay the rent, they'll evict them for you. I mean, it pretty much takes the landlord side of everything mm-hmm. out of it for you. So. I mean, heck, why not pay that and just have it anywhere you go? I mean, if you want to move to California, go buy. You know, right. you move to Oregon, go buy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's easy enough. It's now, easy enough. When buying, do you recommend 15 or 30-year mortgages? 30. 30. All day. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that if you can afford a 15, right, go ahead and knock it off your books. Absolutely. Right. right. And, and on different transactions, we look at that. But for the most part, you know, once again, let's... Let's not overstep ourselves, right? If you want to pay extra towards your principal every month and pay down your pay down your loan to make it a 15-year loan, that's great, right? But worst case scenario, I don't want to be broke and have to make a $3,000 mortgage over a $1,200 mortgage, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. if worst comes to worst, I need to make the lowest payment possible just to keep it moving, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, coming to that... Um what are your thoughts on the 40-year mortgages that that might be possibly pushed in because of the forbearance and stuff that's going on? Yeah, you know, I, we, we've seen a little bit of those those 40-year loans, and, and truly, they carry higher interest rates. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're paying double and double, right? I mean, it just kind of yeah. continues to um, evolve in that sense, right? But really, with the forbearances, what we've been seeing is the the servicers really just count it like you never made the payment we're perfectly fine with it and they roll it on to the end of the loan right mm-hmm. so if you had a 30-year loan and you skipped three months now you have a 30-year loan in three months so they just add those payments onto the back end right. really we don't even touch them it's you know you keep doing your thing and <laughs> we'll, we'll see you whenever you need a refinance right. you know no yeah for sure i mean with 
that being said, I mean, have you been seeing like a lot of loan mods lately or, or, or not, no? Not much, not much. Oh. No, no, not yet at least, right? Which is a blessing, which is a blessing. But yeah. the thing is, is the servicers aren't requiring a modification from these forbearances, mm -hmm. right? And so it, it would be different if they were requiring them. Um, and the other thing is truly most people can still afford their mortgage. Right? Yeah, right it's not like back in back in the crash of 2008 2009 when people i mean they were bent over a table with no pants on i mean that's that's how that situation played <laughs> yeah, out right. and so you know the, the the banks that ultimately put them in that situation of course came to the rescue and said hey guys we'll modify your loan we'll get you into something better but right now i mean heck for the past five years mm -hmm. highest interest rate i've seen is about four and three quarters right i mean that's not you're not robbing anybody you know no. what i mean I, if you can't afford that mortgage sell it sell right. it or rent it right i mean yeah. move you know but i mean truly yeah there's there's not too many loan mods going on just yet all right you know? i mean well we could also see what might happen with the once the forbearance is over with you know because um, I believe homeowners, they got until, what, they got like, I believe this year or, I, I believe until this year was when um, they're going to stop supporting them and right. they got to, you know, repay all those payments back. Right. And also with renters, I, I think they got until like October, I believe. Yeah. 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 That, like you late, know, late that, in the year. Yeah. So that um, they got to stop paying rent back. If not, you know, they're going to get kicked out and the homeowners might foreclose on. So that being said, I mean, what what are your thoughts like on the market that's going to happen, you know? So I, a couple points I want to touch on that there. So, uh -huh. you know, really with the forbearance, the, the servicers are going to roll that onto the back end, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they truly are. But nonetheless, forbearance is a hardship, right? And right. so as a, as a mortgage lender, right, now when we look at your credit report and there's a forbearance on there, there's different guidelines for you, which mm -hmm. makes it a little bit harder to get financing, right? And so you don't want to file for forbearance just because you can. It's not it. Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, that's for you're on your bottom dollar. You don't need to lose your home. Okay, let's go for forbearance, right? But if you got... 15, 20 grand put in the bank and you could easily afford it. You just don't want to right now. Yeah. You'd rather have a better time. <laughs> right. Don't do that. I mean, that's the, that's the dumbest thing you could do. Um, now with the renters, you know, I, I big, big topic with that, yeah. right? Because it's one of those, just exactly what we're talking about, right? I mean, my ultimate goal is to rent if mm -hmm. I move, right? And at the end of the day, I don't want to file for forbearance if I don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens when my renter just stops making payments and I can't kick them out? It's, it's tough, man. It's stressful right, on you, too. It goes right to me. It goes right to me. And so, you know, this this idea that, you know, some big guy up in the atmosphere mm -hmm. is controlling your rent, right? No, these are... These are regular everyday people, middle-class Americans that own these rentals, right? And so to not just stop paying, right, is a little yeah. bit irresponsible. It just trickle, it, it trickles, right? That's, yeah. that's what it does. And so, you know, where they can make those rental payments, you should, you should, because oh, you're, yeah, you're just yeah. screwing your neighbor, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's 
one of the the craziest things I saw through COVID, right, mm-hmm. is is kind of the the stop. They just stop making their rental payments, and then these investors are just, I mean, out of it, right? Because oh, yeah. if you're an investor, you don't want a forbearance on your on your credit report, right? What's mm-hmm. that What's that say about the next home you try to buy? Yeah, nothing. It's good. not really good. <laughs> yeah, nothing good. And so they're going to do everything to not do that, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately. You don't necessarily want investors selling either, right? Because that's uh, that's almost like a business, mm-hmm, right? right? I mean, it, you, kind of going back to that conversation we had earlier, hard times fall on my life, right? And I was supposed to have five properties to retire with, and now I have two. Well, that looks like a whole lot different of a retirement plan. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of helping everybody help each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's big point there. Big point. Yeah. So you kind of got <laughs> off on a tangent for a second, but yeah. No, yeah, man. It's all good. Um, but, um, so, I mean, that being said, you said it's not recommended that you do that, but now, I mean, there's, there's millions of Americans that. that are already in that situation, you know? So once that time comes, I mean, it's, it's pretty much unpredictable on what's actually going to happen, huh? Yeah, it, it, 100% yeah. it is. 100% it is. Because there's there's multiple ways out of it, per mm-hmm. se, right? I mean, the, and don't get me wrong, it's not like a bankruptcy when you get a, a forbearance or something like that. I mean, it doesn't make your situation impossible. It just makes it more complicated, right? And so um, even if you do have a forbearance on your mortgage and... Mm-hmm. You know, right now, big thing is people have a ton of equity. So even though I did have forbearance on my property, I got a hundred grand in equity. Let's go uh-huh. ahead and sell my house and go buy a bigger one, right? And ultimately, what it comes down to, as long as you've repaid that mortgage, right, which essentially is when they roll everything to the back end, mm-hmm. they're just accepting that next payment. That's all it is. And so you make that payment again and you're clear. You're good. You just got to make the one payment again um, mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. And that'll be the piece that'll be the piece that's that's um that's there now the biggest thing that is concerning right is these people that have got into the market right and they're going just up 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 right it's it's because that's the market right now you know i mean heck you couldn't sell this house and go buy your neighbors for the for a lower price Mm -hmm. right i mean it's you got to move outside the neighborhood and so where I'm, where I'm going with all that is ultimately, can these people afford the houses that they've got into, right? Is that going to be sustainable? Um, and that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big question that everybody has, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, going back to the, if I buy and if I sell that sort of thing, with appreciation so high right now, I don't see homes necessarily dipping below where you're going to buy them i'll be 100 mm-hmm. percent fair you know and so even if the time comes that you do say foreclose right right, right before you foreclose there is an is an option to short sell your house mm-hmm. right which is essentially the bank says you can sell your house right um and get as much money possible for it Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take that to cover the loan, which short sales aren't as bad as a foreclosure, but they're right there. Yeah, they're right there <laughs> on it. You know, so I, where I'm going is people have options. They mm-hmm. do have options. It's just being smart about how you play your cards. Truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 
you play too many cards wrong and you're just going to get yourself in a hole for about seven years. Yeah. Right. So biggest, biggest piece I would put on all of that. If you're thinking about, should I, you know, I have the money, but should I go into forbearance or should I sell my house right now? That sort of thing. Talk with a professional. Talk mm. with a professional. Like yourself, I mean, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, it's a 10-minute conversation. Let's mm-hmm. just spill the beans and, and get everybody involved that may want to, may have a piece on it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, real estate agents will give you a, a fair idea of what they can sell your house for, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a fair idea on how hard it's going to be for your next loan to get. And so take all of the pieces and put it together, you know? But don't, the worst thing people do right now is they call on Dr. Google, right oh. and they think they have a degree in it just because they read on google for a little bit and right. it's one of those i mean our industry it changes every month every single month every yeah. week you know um and so one of those that information i've even fallen victim to it right i, I get confused real quick oh let me google it right uh-huh. no you'll find information from 2006 it's not even anywhere near remotely um applicable to, to what we're talking about now, you know? And yeah. so that's a, one thing that gets a lot of people stuck is going on Google, acting on Google. Right. And then they call me and I'm like, why'd you do that in the first place? Yeah. Like, could you not call me? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Could you not call me just for the one time? So, right. um, yeah, definitely. Just don't be afraid to ask questions. You know? Exactly, man. Yeah. So, so um, we're just going to take a quick little break, man. Awesome. And uh, we'll just resume in a bit. All right. Cool. All righty. Yo, welcome back, you guys. We just returned from the break here. So, man, um, let's touch on some motivation stuff. I mean, I know we we um, left off on a good little transition there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I know, um, um, I mean, it seems that you're like a good ambitions guy. You know, you, you're a go-getter. You go out there and get it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that want to do stuff that you're doing as well, but just don't find the motivation or don't really know who to talk to yeah um what would you say to those people like you know yeah you know i would say first and foremost you just gotta you know grab grab what you got between your legs you know and and make Mm -hmm. it happen i mean that's that's first and foremost you know right um but biggest thing that i had you know and coming out here right is be a student be a student to life in general right because especially starting out coming up you don't know anything and the Mm. sooner you come to that realization of i don't know anything and i'm not going to try to act like i know anything everybody likes you a lot more Mm -hmm. you know um and and ask questions you know learn how to formulate questions that are actually going to dig deeper into the subject that you're wanting to know you know what i mean it's one of those i mean when you're talking to somebody that makes seven figures per se Mm -hmm. right they don't care about you they're not going to act like they care about you they don't have to right Mm -hmm. i mean they're going to continue living their everyday life however everybody loves talking especially about themselves you know what i mean and so just ask questions about them you know how'd you get to where you were right Mm -hmm. what are some of your biggest regrets that you made right if there was one thing you could do different what is it Right. right Um, And you can ask that for all sorts of different situations, right? And um, that's the biggest thing that would get me from person to the next, right? Is Mm -hmm. is asking the right questions. And they say just that, right? You're an ambitious guy. You seem smart. Mm -hmm. Let me me connect you with this guy. And he's going to tell you a little bit more about this, 
right? right. And then that guy t- turns into another two people. And, you know, you're going to meet dead ends or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's just continuing that on, right? Asking questions and, and not being afraid to ask the questions, mm-hmm. right? I... Um, I had a lunch one day with with some of my mentors, right? And they, out the blue, right, just said, hey, we're at a happy hour. You want to come see us? And at the time, I was 20 years old, Mm -hmm. right? So not even old enough to drink, but absolutely, right? A couple couple good guys getting together, getting drinks. I'm all about it, right? Mm -hmm. I show up, and it just so happens that Michael Phelps was sitting at the only seat that I could sit at, right? So I sat right next to that man. And we had a whole hour and a half conversation, right? And it was the year after the Falcons completely blew it in the Super Bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were sitting there watching the, the Open. And he was uh, just sitting there talking about, you know, how him and uh, Matt Ryan were supposed to be out there golfing at the Open. Uh-huh. And Matt was in a mood, so they didn't make it. We were talking like we were just two normal dudes, right? And that's another piece that I do like to bring up is, you know, just everybody's a person, you know, it doesn't matter what people do or how much money they make or the credibility you think they have. People Mm -hmm. like to be treated like people, you know? And so just continue that on, you know, it doesn't matter what car they drive. Don't be embarrassed to go talk to them. You know, I mean, heck if you're, if you're asking them good questions, everyone seems has seen that guy on the internet, right? Where he goes up, Hey, I love your car. What do you do? Right. Very few people actually say, yeah, dude, F off. I'm going to keep driving, right? right? They'll roll down their window. Oh, yeah, I do this, right? They're yeah. happy to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and that's all it is, you know? Just yeah. not being afraid to get out there and do it, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's like you mentioned. I mean, people like to talk about themselves, you know? So if you just ask them, hey, man, what do you do? What do you do? This? They, they're just going to go on and on and on about it. On and on, exactly. And yeah. it's how you formulate the conversation, too, yeah. you know? I mean, and think about that. When... When I used to leave those happy hours, right, or, or different meetings that I would go to, I would leave with what better questions could I have mm-hmm. asked, right? Was there a different follow-up that I could have brought up that what maybe would have answered a few more questions that I have, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, big thing. Just think about what you're projecting, you know? Right. Um, that's the huge piece of it, you know? And projection isn't just clothing or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's attitude and, and how you're talking, you know? Just look people in the eye and, you know, introduce yourself. Start up, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, what's, what's, I mean, one thing that keeps you motivated? I mean, it seems like you're like a very energetic person. And I mean, I could tell it right now. It seems like you build that connection with the person over the phone really quick that's what i'm picking off of you just based on the tone of your voice based how you present yourself and how you talk you know you're very like enthusiastic it's about like sales it, so. experience yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly a lot, a lot of that is sales experience truly um but at the end of the day too i kind of like talking you know right. and i like talking to other people and in same thing you know it's just being authentic at mm-hmm. the end of the day and um you know projecting right it's mm-hmm. it's it, even when you're having a bad day attitude's free right i yeah. mean you can always fix your attitude real quick <laughs> go get yourself a good drink non-alcoholic you know if you're working but <laughs> and one of those get yourself a, an energy drink kind of where i was going with that get yourself a little snack whatever right mm-hmm. change your mood 
throw it in. It, we we like to call it the fuck it bucket at the at the right. office, right? <laughs> we got a fuck it bucket right at the front door. You leave everything there. Go mm. to your office and work, right? And in your office, you just got to be that upbeat, happy dude that you know people want to talk to. Yeah. You know, um, no one wants to talk to a grouch. Oh, no, <laughs> you true. Know what I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's truly it. But it, to kind of go back to you know what motivates me and and what makes me get up in the morning. Mm-hmm is um growing up in alabama to be 100 percent honest with you you know i i grew up and saw how much i didn't want to be like everybody else Mm -hmm. right and you start to see cycles there's cycles in everything right certain people are going to make friends with certain types of people right and those certain types of people they always end up the same right whether it's you know, you work in manual labor for the rest of your life or it's grocery stores or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can see how the cycle kind of evolves and even look at, you know, different friend groups that you've had a chance to see for a while. For instance, your your family's friends or your parents' friends or even your yeah. parents, right? And it comes down to, you know, I kind of looked myself in the mirror like, I don't want this life. I don't want it and I got to go create something else because no one else can do it for me. They haven't done it for themselves, so they can't do it Mm -hmm. for me, you know? No, yeah. I completely hear you, man. Because, I mean, I feel like the way I see it, motivation is just a little piece of it, you know? Oh, definitely. Because it's going to die off. Yeah. There's going to be some days, man, where where you just don't want to do it at all, you know? You're just like, dude, like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. But I feel it really comes down to being self-discipline that's it man definitely because i mean there's gonna be times yeah it's gonna be tough you don't want to get up you don't want to do it it sucks today like you just don't feel it anymore but you just got to remember why you even started in the first place you know even though at the start it might be a little bumpy and stuff like that if you just keep pushing it man it's it's all gonna work out man you just got to believe in yourself have faith and and a lot of people don't do it because of the pain that they experience through the process you know I'm a, I'm a firm believer that I pain, enjoy the process. Bro. Yeah, so do I. That's that's the best and, part. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people don't don't actually, you know, hop on something and, no. and, and chase their dreams because, oh, it's a painful process. Like, I don't want to go through that. But yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that pain is a catalyst for improvement. No. Oh, so, 100%. Definitely. Definitely. You know, yeah. it, it's not going to be an easy road, right? So. No, no, man. Because a lot of people don't see what happens behind the scenes, you know, like how right. all this started. Like with this podcast, I mean people don't really see you know the type of work that we really put into and yeah. stuff like that like, like yeah i mean there's times we're like oh shit man i don't want to do this right now <laughs> right i don't know what to say but once you get on it man you, you, I mean, you're just in the rhythm you know yeah you're just absolutely. going absolutely. and then like i feel like i'm my biggest critic myself you know because i tend to look at my work and i'm like i could have done better yep. i could have done yeah. better and i just feel like i'm, I'm me personally, I, I feel like this is this might be bad for me, so I'm trying to change it up. Right. But I feel like I will never be satisfied and, with whatever I do. And and that's that's healthy, right? That that's mm-hmm. healthy. But at the same time, don't don't let that um, dissatisfaction keep you scared from putting it out into the world. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, for you sure. know, that's the that's the biggest thing that I see. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that people don't take pictures of themselves or whatever, right? right? It's that they don't post them. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just getting out into the world and in doing that. And, and definitely as far as, um, you know, kind of getting that grind going and everything, mm-hmm. it's establishing habits, right? Oh, because yeah. habits you're always going to go back to, right? You're always going to go back to certain things. 
in, even if it gives a year or two, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a downtime, if you made it a habit for five years, you're going to find your way back to it, you know, and that can be anything that can be eating healthy. That can be working out. That can be doing this. Right. right. And, and it's the habit of doing it right setting the schedules up, making it happen, just making sure getting in a habit of putting a schedule together, right? Because, you know, the one time you have, um, you know, nothing to do, right? You say, oh, well, we're done for the week, right? And then what happens next week? Same exact thing. Now it slowly starts to die, right? And so it's just coming back to those habits on what do I do every single day to just make me a better person, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, that's that's huge it's huge and it's just like you said it's getting started it sucks it's painful it's hard no one likes it that's why they call it the grind the grind is not a fun happy happy go lucky time that Mm -hmm. everybody gets an award at right nobody gets an award for grinding nobody not one person now i feel like that's that's what the problem is as well because i mean i'm not sure if it started with us but with all the generations coming up as well everyone gets rewarded even if they come in last place bro yeah so there's no true satisfaction on like what it feels like to actually win you know so like everyone gets a reward for you coming last place for doing whatever it takes because i don't know your fucking feelings got hurt or some shit and everybody gets a participation yeah so they all get a fucking participation i i think that's toxic man because because now i mean we're not really pushing ourselves to our limit we're not really you know like experiencing the journey the grind like you mentioned you know and yeah i mean i think we really gotta change that up but also social media plays a huge part of it because we tend to compare ourselves to other people we compare that we covered that a little bit yeah yeah, like we compare our chapter one to someone chapter 20 man like dude why are you doing that exactly and the other part to you know kind of the participation medals and everything you know you don't really know how to win but you also don't know how to lose so when you lose and you get smacked in the face and you're just embarrassed how do you pick yourself up exactly yeah how do you bounce back right not a lot of people understand that concept Mm -hmm. right is how am i going to just get up again you know and once again get back to my habits right exactly um i mean heck we can we can talk about how many loans we funded but we can also talk about all the bad loans right yeah. there's a lot of loans that don't fund at the same <laughs> oh, yeah, time, exactly, right? and, and those are learning processes you know you don't see people throwing in the towel and you know oh, i'm just gonna stop because it's there no mm-hmm. you know you say all right on to the next one you know right. we're, we're gonna learn from this try to make better what i can and other than that it's another day another dollar yeah you know? right for sure man well let me ask you this um did you play any sports in high school at all? I did. I did. What'd you play? Football and wrestling. Oh, you wrestled? Oh, yeah. What weight yeah. class? Oh, shoot. What was I? Like, I was 116. Bro. Light. Small. I was 116, too. Man. <laughs> Light. <laughs> yeah, wrestling in high school. But um, let me just get to mention wrestling. What did it taught you? What did it teach you? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. So I only did one year of wrestling. Okay. Right. And I went straight into varsity. Our varsity team didn't mm-hmm. have a 116, and they essentially pulled me from the football team, said, hey, you're, you know, rough dude. Let's go wrestle. Right. right? And I got my ass handed to me every single day. So my partner um, for the team mm-hmm. had actually just transferred from another school, and he was the state champion. He was the defending oh, okay. state champion. And so 
knowing nothing every single day at practice, I'm just getting reamed, right? <laughs> Go to meets, getting reamed. I mean, over and over yeah. and over again. The only time I ever won, um, we went to a couple JV matches that they let me, you know, go in and yeah. wrestle their 116. I'd destroy them. Destroy <laughs> them, right? Um, but the the biggest thing with with wrestling is it taught it taught me in particular how much I have in my heart, right? Yeah. I mean, I was shoot coming out of football i was maybe 130 pounds mm -hmm. right and so trimming that weight already as a young or skinny it's a grind dude, bro terrible it's a terrible grind. right i mean throwing in a dip and running three miles while everybody's at lunch sucks i don't yeah. care i don't care right you I gotta mean, watch what you eat especially when you're that tiny because um yeah i was wrestling at 113 but i was originally 120 but my coach wanted me at that weight wow dude I had to watch every single thing I ate. Yeah. Anything I ate, I had to cut it right away. Oh, definitely. Uh, water, definitely. fucking bread. I mean, I mean, I had to cut bread completely off, you know, because, I mean, definitely. it's all going to build up. Yep. But, dude, what that just taught me, dude, like, wrestlers have heart, man. They're tough people. Like, it's a grind. Dude, people don't understand, bro. Definitely. It is a grind. Like, you got to watch what you eat. Not only that. You can't blame no one else but yourself if you lose a match. Have you no one? Have you watched like the um, the weight cutters for like the UFC? Like a fighter yeah, cutting dude. weight? It's fucking insane, dude. It, 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 it so gets we, to the point. I did about the same stuff. Yeah, they're to like be on the verge of death. Dude. Yeah, yeah, literally. Dude. Yeah, it, like it with sucks. a with a hot suit on and yeah, a sauna. Yeah. Haven't eaten in three days. Been there, done that. I mean, I have no joke. My my training partner. We went to a match. There, it was about two hours away. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I got in the car beforehand, I think I was still six or seven pounds overweight. And so we put on a sweatsuit, which obviously illegal. So mm -hmm. the younger kids don't do that. <laughs> right. And we cranked the heat all the way it would go in his old, old truck. And it was just like a furnace in there. Like, uh, no joke. A couple times we just rolled down the window so he would stop blacking out so he could keep driving right wow. and i'm just over there like comatose just i couldn't speak couldn't mm -hmm. move could barely see and i'll never forget it he was like all right we're here get out the car let's start running and i was like i'm not gonna lie man i can't move like yeah. i feel that terrible you know and uh he gave me a drink of water mm -hmm. and that was all it was i took a drink of water and i started running around the field yeah. you know what i mean but yeah i made that weight you know wow. nonetheless and i will say <laughs> going back to you know taking the losses you mm -hmm. also can't blame anybody when you don't cut the weight yeah right yeah. i mean that was you you're the one yeah. that did this to yourself you know and so it teaches you a lot of accountability and how to you know kind of something that uh if y'all listen to david goggins ever right? oh yeah, yeah yeah it's always about finding that deep dark place in your soul right mm -hmm. where you are the only one talking to yourself right and you just yeah. kind of keep pushing and and keep working it that's what that taught me you know yeah. it's kind of in the darkest of times you can still do it it sucks it's terrible yeah right? it's but horrible man. it's possible you know it truly is man because i mean um i remember one summer i was going in the room every single day i would practice i'll show up there first one in last one out on the treadmills everything man first tournament of the year i lost every single match dude i i can do not that was the first time i ever cried on a sport and just ever cried like for something that i really wanted you know because i, I because i knew the 
all the hours and all the work that I put into it, you know? And I'm like, shoot, like, dude, I, like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. That I fucking lost every single match and I'm not even qualified anymore. So then um, the next one comes around. I win my first medal, which was a third place. Wow. Bro, happiest moment of my life. That's even amazing. though I got third place, I was like, bro, I know I couldn't have done better, but still, I got a medal. Yeah. Dude, it is the best feeling ever. Like, Absolutely. I cannot explain it. It's just amazing. And overcoming that, right? Yeah. It's overcoming everything, getting back into the gym. You're still grinding. You're still yeah. working your moves, right? And then going back and getting able to get that achievement. Oh, it's, oh yeah. It's, Magical. regardless of losing in front of all these people you know like embarrassing myself and all that stuff like right. feeling like a complete failure at that moment yep. and still having the the grind in the heart he's like you know what let's just skip over that and just keep working and, and let's, let's keep it moving yeah, yeah 100 and see what happens mm -hmm. right i mean it's one of those you just see if you continue this stuff can it can happen yeah. you know i mean nothing nothing is impossible nothing is impossible no so. yeah for sure man yeah because um, you played basketball, right? I did, yeah. Me? Played two years in high school. What type of experience did you get from that? I mean, it really, like you said, really taught me accountability. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, my junior year, I played JV ball mm -hmm. just because the varsity team was like super stacked, I guess. Um, so just learning from the varsity team really, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, really helped me out and it actually helped me be the captain in my varsity here so oh okay um should be a lot of leadership definitely no yeah for yeah. sure i mean especially if you were in jv and you're playing against varsity i mean you pretty yeah. much were already in that field where where you're playing with the best players on the team you know and yeah. that's just gonna make you better overall you know and and to add to that point i mean you hear all the time right on uh, my my junior girl is going in to play volleyball and she got jv and i'm just gonna take her off the team right because she if she's not playing with varsity she's yeah. not gonna play at all mm -hmm. that's the wrong mindset right it's being able to take that in the meantime you know and in endure being on jv as a junior Right. right. I mean, yeah. that's that's one of those that that's not always normal. Right. And just taking what you got, making the best of it. And then the next year, look, you know, it's oh, I'm captain. Oh, we're winning. Right. I mean, this yeah. this was a great move, yeah. but it's just enduring that. You know, how many people just throw up the white towel as soon as they say, oh, you're not get, you're not the best. So, you know, yeah. maybe next year. Right. People say, oh, no. Well, that we'll come back to that then you know yeah. and that's just the wrong way to look at it yeah, exactly it's the wrong way to look at it definitely 100 percent, man i mean a lot of people can't really take where like you're being honest with them where you're giving them pointers to help them out but yeah they take it as a negative you know we're like really nah, constructive man. criticism really but yeah exactly they take it as an insult most of the mm -hmm. time yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly what it is yeah i mean I, I mean overall i mean i just encourage people to take that constructive you know criticism you know because yeah. it's actually gonna help you out in the long run oh definitely and not take it as you know as a whole completely you know like wasn't intended to be you know but like right the, don't take it a negative you know yeah and who was it i mean what was it it was uh wasn't it michael jordan he completely got cut his yeah. like freshman year right right and i think all throughout high school wasn't it or yeah something yeah. like that yeah i know he was cut at one yeah. point right and yeah his it, freshman year of high school i think yeah and it comes to kind of say the same story right? right it's you know if you're in heck and i mean keep going on with that even tiger woods right i mean yeah. tiger woods used to just get kicked off the golf course all the time right i mean just hey um you're black get out of here right yeah and he just endured that and he said, you know what? I still want to make this my life. I'm not, I'm not 
you know, you can all be so nasty and mean to me, mm-hmm. but I know my worth and I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, it, it goes to show, you know what I mean? The best people, honestly, in this world, they just keep grinding. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Even uh, I like to mention the, um, the founder of McDonald's. I can never remember his name. I think it's Roy. Roy something. Ray Kroc? Ray Kroc. No, no. He wasn't a founder. He was the one that founded the franchise part of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But nonetheless, I want to say he started that franchising Mm -hmm. part of it around 52. Something somewhere in that ballpark, wasn't it? I believe so. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, heck, look it up real quick. Yeah, let's fact check you real quick before someone else does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, before then, if I'm remembering the story correctly, uh-huh. he was selling um, milkshake machines. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? And so one of those that he was in his 50s selling milk make, milkshake machines, didn't give up on himself, mm-hmm. and then became one of the most wealthy people in the whole world. Right? So what you're trying to say, it's never too late to start it's never too late to start either right exactly you know it's just it's it's looking yourself in the mirror identifying uh-huh. what you can do about your situation and quite simply doing it quite simply just going and doing it right because i believe i'm um, the kfc guy i forget his name so he uh purchased a food company mcdonald's in 61 1961 born in 1902 so a little shoot. quick math there. so in the 60s yeah so he started i mean it's been around what was it 62 to what uh, he bought it at uh, in 1961. He was born in 1902. 1902 to 61, 59. 59. Wow. He was 59 years old. Huh? Yeah. Wow, that's Dang. incredible. Think about that. Selling milk milkshake machines all the way through your 50s. Wow. I couldn't imagine that. I'd count my life out at that point. Yeah. Right? I feel like most people do. You know, oh, I hit 50. I'm about to retire anyways. No, he's he's still, still making it happen. You know, <laughs> and, and, and one of those. You can't drive anywhere in the world now without seeing a McDonald's. No, you really can't. Anywhere. Anywhere. You really can't. Right? And it's just because he didn't stop grinding. He just didn't stop. But now, I mean, with McDonald's as well, I I, I think I I, I believe I read this right. Um, One smart move that they did is that they actually owned the land that they put the McDonald's in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That goes into the business yeah, side of things. Yeah, so that goes yeah. into the business. I mean, that's yeah. pretty smart, too. Yeah. Oh, whoever thought of that from the very beginning, I yeah. mean, changed the way franchisees go, truly. Yeah, completely. I mean, um, they're not the only people that do that nowadays. Truly, most mm-hmm. franchisees do that exact thing. I know, um, like, Motel 8, right, does right. about the exact same thing, right? Anywhere you see Motel 8, they own the land, and whoever owns that hotel is the franchisee owner of that particular hotel, mm-hmm. but the the company owns the actual property, yeah. right? Um, which, you know, it, it's <laughs> cool, but um, I wish they'd give a little bit back to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's just crazy, too, like how McDonald's is like, I mean, it's not... The best burgers but it's the most recognizable and i mean it's people just, are always going to go to it it's so big worldwide you know yeah at this point and in in truly right what what made them successful was having something that was easily you can easily replicate right you yeah. can easily make over and over and over again and with that you know 
McDonald's, and just kind of talk about business in that sense for a second. You know, mm. McDonald's did it and they, they did great, right? Biggest thing to do in any business, right, is to just make it repeatable. Make it to where everybody can do it, mm-hmm. right? And I was talking about this with, with one of my buddies the other day. And he, uh, you know, he's, he's great in his own professional space, right? And I told him, I was like, you know, the way you blow that up, give everybody the information. Give mm-hmm. everybody the information because everybody can have the same playbook as you, but not everybody can execute it like you. Exactly. Not everybody can do it, right? And so there's nothing against helping out your neighbor. Hey, do it this way. Do it that way. Do whatever, Mm -hmm. right? This is the way I did it, and I promise you I do it every single time, and it works, right? Mm -hmm. Just because they go do that and they take that little piece of advice doesn't mean they're going to make them you or start taking your business or doing any piece of that, right? Mm -hmm. It just gives you more credibility, right? Right. And, And continues to grow your brand, you know? Um, and that's, that's one thing too, is, um, people don't like helping people, you know, in Mm -hmm. that sense, right. They, they want to have you interested, right. But sometimes they don't want to give you exactly what it is, right. They don't want to give you the the black and white answer. They'll give you all of the gray so you can decipher a little bit, but they don't want (laughs) to give you black and white. And that's one of those. I, I truly, you know, whenever I'm talking about how I got into the business or what I do, or even what makes me successful, I will tell you exactly how to go do it. Mm -hmm. Truly. I will give you the exact playbook. You're, there's nothing in here that I'm going to be jealous about, right? It's not, you can't have all the business. You know what I mean? You you can't do everything. So giving a little bit out for credibility stance Mm -hmm. is never bad. Never bad. Truly. It's not. Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, I feel like um, there's a ton of people that are just afraid that, you know, they might get replaced or something where you just might become better than them with the playbook that you gave them, I guess, you know? Right. The thing is with that is the grind never stops. The grind never Mm -hmm. ends. So, you know, it's one of those, um, you think Bill Belichick is scared of any of his older assistant coaches? Mm -hmm. They all know the playbook. Yeah. He ain't scared. You know what I mean? He's, he's, <laughs> he's just coming up with new things. Yeah. Exactly. He's going to come up with new systems, new plans, new ways. And don't get me wrong. He's going to share, share that with the new assistant coach, right? Yeah. right. And that new assistant coach is going to go on somewhere else and use it against him one day. Yeah. And you just continue to evolve. I mean, there's there's never a, um, a you know, you just, you go up like this in your career and then you're like this, right? Mm-hmm. Career more kind of goes like a staircase, you know, you, you learn, you have a, a heightened learning for a second and then you learn how to implement it, implement, repeat it, continue it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're going to go through a learning curve again. Right. And then you learn how to implement that, keep right. it under control and everything like that. And so people are always going to be couple stairs below you right in a sense and people are always going to be above you right right? it's just not forgetting that things in in life and just in general right they aren't linear right they're gonna be rocks in the road there's gonna be bumps to go over you know right first what do you guys say francisco yeah i mean i don't know it's uh are we we restarting that or well (laughs) well i mean just to kind of um um go back to the beginning and stuff you know to kind of wrap it up here yeah um again you're a loan officer what are the type of things that you 
would give advice to again a first-time home buyer or a person that is in the process of buying a home and stuff like that what are some things they need to look for like types of loans and stuff like that yeah yeah definitely um truly you know to to touch on this piece just for for one second Mm -hmm. right especially with how our world works with you know even on your on your apple right you Mm -hmm. can you can log into an application once get on a subscription plan that is going to charge you every year i don't know about y'all but i recently actually went and looked at that Mm -hmm. and i had six subscriptions on there one of them was eighty dollars and i noticed it when it came out i just thought it was something random and whatever right Right. (laughs) but over time that adds up and so first and foremost i would go through your bank account Right. Just go through your bank account, open up an Excel spreadsheet and just make note of if this comes out every every month on the 7th, it's coming out every month. Right. Right. So let's what is that? Right. And add up all everything that hits your your bank account. Right. And that's going to give you a lot better idea of month over month. This is how much I actually have to spend. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if your debts are 3000 and you've only been making 3500 every month, you're like, wow, this is why I've had no money for playing. Right. right. Where, you know, it, it, before you're just going to be confused. Right. And I will be 100 percent honest. I've been that person. Right. I mm-hmm. just needed to budget. That's yeah. quite simply what it was. And so first and foremost, it's learning where you're at with everything. Right. Right. And once you have that budget, then you can start to learn how to game plan for the down payment, things of that nature. Right. Um, As far as that goes, I would also take a look at your credit. Take a look at your credit and you can Mm -hmm. do that yourself for free. Annualcreditreports.com. Right. Mm -hmm. You get one free report every year. Right. And that will go through medical collections, apartment collection, right? Whatever you may have on there, any open credit that you have, it'll let you know about it. And that way you can, you know, if you have a hundred dollars from a hospital, Mm -hmm. right, that's keeping your scores down. If you can get that medical collection deleted, right, which I will say paying it and deleting it are two separate things. Mm. All the the differences is you telling them you're going to delete it to pay it. Right. But nonetheless, you get that, you get that medical collection deleted. There's a 60 points on your credit report. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you're looking a lot better. Um, So analyzing those things right before, before someone else goes in and does it for you. Other than that, it's just getting ready um, for the down payment. Right. Mm-hmm. Which in a lot of different states and most states, right, that even I'm licensed in, there's down payment assistance options. Right. Mm-hmm. And in Arizona, there's down payment assistance that will give you five percent of the purchase price. Right. And on most on not most on an FHA loan, mm-hmm. it only requires a three and a half percent down payment. And so if you're worried about the closing costs on top of that. Well, we have an additional 1.5% over here that we're covering everything, right? right? Um, and so there's there's workarounds for everything, right? But first and foremost, let's see what can I afford and how can I save every month? Mm-hmm. Secondly, let's make sure that credit report is good, right? And with a good rep- credit report, good income, you're going to get approved for, for most things, truly, right. truly, truly. So. That's great, man. That's great. Well, Trenton, um, I really appreciate the time. Again, if you want to give the people your handle on where they can follow you, where they can look you up and stuff like that, be more than free. Um, Absolutely. So it's at Trenton Lawrence underscore on everything, TikTok, Instagram. um, And you can find me there. Phone number, if you want it, just DM me. (laughs) (laughs) 
and i was hoping you're gonna give it out but i guess not man but <laughs> but yeah man um i do appreciate the time that you took oh thank you guys Seriously. it was fun it was great yeah, man it's this been is a pleasure. awesome hopefully yeah. we can do it again yeah hopefully, let's man. do it yeah. there's a lot of stuff that we didn't cover so oh yeah man. maybe there we're talking about second episode. and stuff oh, but definitely there's a lot definitely. Of, yeah there's a lot of stuff we still need to cover guys so hopefully we can have you on again um we just need to see what your schedule looks like and we could reschedule something else you know anytime yeah anytime truly all right brother well you take care we'll be logging off now thank you guys all right guys